0: the Future of Photography. Good morning. Hello there, how are you? I am doing good. Um, despite it being hot outside, I have, I have a very finely tuned setup here. You, okay, so it's hot. We're recording this uh, early August and it's been the... the well, they call it a heat wave. It's not really a heat wave that much. It's more of a combination of heat and and uh, not enough water coming from the sky. And uh, my my studio is on the sun side of the house, so in the morning the sun shines in. You have all the curtains drawn, and I have this little fan, and it's this tiny little. Uh, it's like it looks like a PC fan but it's made right. it's made to be put on top of like your hi-fi system if it gets too hot and that kind of stuff and it is on its lowest setting it's right in front of me and i've finally calibrated the direction of the microphone because it rejects from from a sound coming from, be- from behind to point exactly at the fan with its back so that you can't hear it and it's magic it works <laughs> <laughs> one of the well, first that, times i can really put my my audio past my my past audio professional audio <laughs> knowledge to uh to uh to good work here
1: well that's good well well done well done uh that has, uh, you'll have to teach me that trick <laughs> although <laughs> well, my uh, although i'm i'm sitting here on the northern side of my house so I, i'm uh, not in the direction nice and so, cool. right, so i'm all right yes yes
0: anyway good. um So uh, before we get into the topic of today, I want to talk about carrots again. We did back in episode, let me check, the carrots episode was episode 38, Cameras That Eat More Carrots, where we talked about like low light sensitivity and things. Um, We're going back to that. Uh, But before that, I just came about, uh, well, I I ran across a piece of news slash advertising which um was about Huawei or H U A W E I I think Huawei is the right pronunciation there
1: I think you're pretty pretty close yep
0: yeah that's my uh, I'm I'm good at Chinese <laughs> no <I'm not. laughs> um they have they have a, a a photo contest going on as we record this and the way they market this is they use an AI to help judge the photo contest. Ah, okay. Which, which in itself is kind of okay. Let, let's see how you do this, and and then I tried to dig into this, and it turns out to be um, a major advertising campaign for their uh, what is it called? The P twenty, their new smart iPhone competitor. Blah. Oh yeah, and
1: it's got, it's got three camera modules in it and stuff like that i think hasn't it right
0: it's it's uh, three cameras and the and it has the, the slash well the in quotes ai built in the photo ai built in and uh, as as i went deeper it turned out to be well <laughs> an interesting attempt to make us all believe this phone is magic but it's pretty (laughs) much is it not then (laughs) not quite it is pretty much doing the same that most other smartphones are doing now Uh, they're just they just decided to use that in their marketing and the way they do it okay there's a photo contest it will go on over a while and it uh will be the photos will be um as they say pre-screened by uh by by uh, the cameras built-in photo ai and it it's a pre-scoring and then it will be finally judged by a Leica photographer which sounds very which sounds very very fancy but if you look behind that term it pretty much means a photographer who owns a Leica right
1: <laughs> yes as opposed to a photographer that only takes photographs of Leicas <laughs> So
0: they 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 use the term Leica photographer. I think what they uh, well and I looked into that as well. So it's a guy who is affiliated with Leica. And the 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 whole affiliation comes from uh the P20 the Huawei P20 phone using a Leica well, using Leica branding on its cameras. Let's put it this way. <laughs> it they, they say well, somewhere deep in their marketing material they say the camera was co-engineered by Leica which I would take as they probably have spent a whole lot of money to get the Leica name on the cameras and there might be some... And these kind of deals usually work like like if you have a, a XYZ camera with a Zeiss lens, um, it is not that Zeiss developed the lens usually. It is that they, uh, they made maybe some suggestions for designing the lens and then in the end they looked over it and said, yeah, we can stand behind this. Uh, here's our name and yeah, that's usually I mean, money it, involved.
1: It, yes, cuz I mean Sony and Zeiss have worked together for years, haven't they? And Panasonic and Leica and stuff like
0: that. Yeah, but but again, this the Zeiss lens in the in the Sony camera is made by Sony, pretty sure. So it's the same thing going on here. They but they have the Leica name on the on the phone and it makes it it, it makes people perceive it as being more valuable, of course. And then the AI so what what does the AI have to do in here? Well, they have a chip in there. It's called the Kirin 970 CPU, and it has a part of it, like the today's systems on a chip. There is a CPU in there and a GPU in there for the graphics, and then they have another little chip inside that package, and it's called the NPU, the Neural Processing Unit.
1: Oh, that sounds fancy.
0: Well, what it does is... Um, you have these neural networks and you train them somewhere on a big, big computer. Like you show them a gazillion of photos and each of those photos has a rating next to it for aesthetics, for is this a nice photo or is this not a nice photo? And those ratings come from professional photographers. So there's uh, professional photographers or from contests. Um, So so there's this whole, whole pool of training images with ratings next to them and you feed this into this uh ai into this neural network to learn that and then you will show and then afterwards you run that neural network on a npu on a neuroprocessing unit somewhere in a phone and whenever you take a photo then that neuroprocessing unit will spit out a score and it will say okay that's a good photo that's not such a good photo it has a score of 3 out of 10 or 9 out of 10. And it might be able to give you a bit more context at why it's thinking that. Maybe the the background is nicely blurred or there's a single subject and not too much clutter in the photo. Lots of different possibilities here, but that's pretty much what's happening. You have this pre-trained neural network that runs on that special chip in your phone. And that is okay. pretty much the entire background of this entire campaign is okay Huawei now has that NPU on board to do this and the AI that is helping to judge the photo contest pretty much does some pre-screening they they call it aesthetic scoring so it spits out a score and I I would guess that photos above a certain score will then be handed off to the uh to the Leica photographer to finally be be judged mm. in the end
1: okay all right so sounds so, sounds interesting sounds interesting <coughs> sounds sounds, the, uh, the, the 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 cynic in me makes me think that actually, you know, that whoever it is that's trained it is is going to have an undue influence on the outcome of all of the course.
0: competitions <laughs> in the future. <laughs> of course. I mean, these systems always depend on the training set and how good that was. And of course, what that implies is there is kind of an objective way to judge the appeal of photos, which is virtually impossible. Um, there will be photos that are aesthetically more pleasing but then a photo will always be judged by the person that looks at it based on their own experiences if i show pictures of little black forest houses to someone from the united states then they will probably love it and say oh this is so quaint this is so nice but if i show this to someone who lives in the black forest they will just shrug and go yeah sure
1: (laughs) (laughs) well yeah it's what it's what you know isn't it it's what what you know it's what you're conditioned
0: to so that you cannot really Uh, have an AI do that for you. The cultural context of something I think is is lost on AIs at this point. Um, Another thing they do with this NPU, and by the way, this is not something Huawei does and no one else does. Everyone does this now. Um, They do subject recognition. So... They they have okay they have scene modes you know the scene modes in some of the cameras we talked about this last week where you set it to food or sunset or whatever there's like different or sports mode is a, is a good example yeah and, and yep. then and then the camera gets gets a bias to its settings depending on what that mode would usually mean so in a sports mode it would probably try to keep the shutter speed as short as possible so you have freeze motion. Whereas uh, with food photography, it would probably put more emphasis on color accuracy. So the, the the tomatoes look nice and red and not brown or green. Um, and uh, another thing that they are now p- claiming to do with this AI-powered camera is that they have subject recognition and then they set a scene mode internally. They set a scene mode based on what they saw, what the camera uh, sees in uh, an example video again highly <laughs> there's lots of lots of marketing uh, there lots of um, emotion hardly any technical information in their videos it's all trying to make you feel good about the magic of this camera um, but yeah they have they have an example where someone was holding up a cone of ice an ice cone uh, and then the, the camera says oh food and then they they point the camera at a dog and the camera says dog and they put it pointed at a person and it, the camera switches to portrait and uh, everyone's doing this now okay so this is uh, yeah this is just a, th- a thing that cameras do now if you look through any current smartphone camera and point it at a landscape it will know this is the sky this is the foreground this is a tree this is a this is a meadow and it will treat these things accordingly so, so-
1: yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because although that sounds really horribly invasive and stuff, that the you know the, the professional level DSLRs um, ha, have had for twenty years—well, not twenty years, ten to fifteen years at this point—have included you know uh, databases that allow them to do very very basic scene recognition, so that they can set automatic exposure correctly.
0: But only exposure
1: but only exposure not mm-hmm. not color and you know uh, and fo- and other things and like like that which i know these scene modes do more and more yes. of now so yeah yes
0: so mm. it, it is it is it is beyond it's going it goes beyond the professional dslrs and i i would think that most professionals at this point don't really want this uh, level of automation uh, a skilled photographer will always at least to this point will will enjoy having the skill, knowing what to do in what situations, taking control away from the camera and deciding very deliberately, this is where I want the focus, this is what I want the exposure to be like. Um, Whereas, of course, these kind of systems uh, go into the direction of we are taking care of everything and it will be a good result. Um, And the problem problem there... It is interesting. The problem there is... And I'm, I'm talking from the perspective of a professional photographer here. The problem there is, of course, that the camera will not know your intention. Like, do I want this part to be in focus or would I rather have that in focus or do I want the exposure to be for that or do I want a deliberate overexposure or a deliberate underexposure or do I want a silhouette instead of the person's face being yeah. visible? That see, kind this of
1: stuff. Is, I, do you know what? This is This is one of my strongest arguments for electronic viewfinders. So which you see what I'm not you sure get. how much you've, you've had a chance because to, to use them you yeah, a lot but one of the biggest strengths for me is to uh to use um spot metering mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh you use that and then you can actually very finely adjust the exposure right before you take the shot and i i use that in uh you know let let's say uh I don't know just imagine a, a classic shot where you're in a city and you want to take a photo of some people and they happen to be in sunshine but there's lots of dark shadows and you want to crush those to proper black you know uh, at that point with my camera I'll put it into spot metering mode I'll get the autofocus point which which on my camera you can also set to be the spot Exposure mode, um, uh, point um, and put that right over the subject. Focus, lock in the lock in the exposure, and mm-hmm. you can see. And you can just move moving the camera ever so slightly left or right or up and down. You can fine tune your exposure before you take the shot.
0: And of course, that that means you have already spent the time learning all this and uh, and and d- diving deep. Now with these That's AI true. powered cameras in our smartphones, uh, everyone people who have no interest whatsoever in learning these kind of things will still get results that are a lot better than they used to get in the past and this is a cool thing this is uh this is an amazing thing um because they wouldn't they they, even with older cameras they wouldn't just put in the time to learn that or they wouldn't have the interest to learn all these intricate details so they are an advanced, uh, and an ad- ad- they put them at an advantage over people who don't have these kind of cameras for sure. Um, another, th- another thing that NPU does, the neural processing unit does, is um, again, the same thing that we have in iPhones now with what's called portrait mode computational bokeh. So the cameras and the the P20 has three cameras and it does. Some magic and NPU neural processing to render the background out of focus and make that a nice transition from, let's say, a portrait to the background without it giving it weird jagged edges and things. So, again, just trying to kind of look through the marketing surface of that ai judges photo contest uh <laughs> uh campaign there's yeah so it, let's
1: it, let's cut let, let let's get down to the the nitty-gritty of those there does does it work right has it chosen what you consider to be aesthetically pleasing photographs or, or artistically interesting photographs?
0: Well, this kind of a contest I think will attract a lot of attention. Lots of people hand in photos. And from what I've seen so far, um, the results are nice. Yes, they are. But the the results are just pre-filtered by that AI and then being looked at by an actual person who has the experience, who has done this professionally forever. Uh, so th- if, you, if you give it enough input then the pool of pictures to choose from for that Leica photographer is still huge enough to make sure that they get uh, amazing pictures out of it. Um, there were picture, uh, there were like AI powered aesthetic scoring systems in the past um, that, uh, I think Microsoft runs one online that uh, tries to do that. There is an, another one. There, there are like three or four of these kind of systems online that you can throw pictures in, into like upload a picture to, and it will tell you this is a good picture, this is not a good picture. It will spit out a score. And I found those to be, um, yeah, limited because what you <laughs> what you end up uh, like one of those systems was, uh, uh I try to remember the name, and I don't. It's kind of a year ago, maybe. Um, and it had a gallery of photos, like of its top scored photos. And that gallery consisted mostly of pictures of flowers with an out-of-focus background. Right. So bokeh and a flower in the center, like a very prominent, sharp subject. Those were pretty much at the top. And um, the second was pictures of motorbikes. <laughs> Don't ask me why but for some reason it had a bias or it was being trained towards that kind of a bias. So so, so
1: this is this is like um SEO, isn't it? So uh, this is like search engine optimization. I think, We're going to yes, hand that with yeah. fo- fo- photo contest optimization algorithms, aren't we? <laughs> that is, that such... is
0: a natural reaction <laughs> to these kind of systems. You try to find the weak spots of this and then uh, hand in pictures that that uh, that go through that go through the filter, yes. Hmm.
1: Even more corrupt than a village camera club.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this was not actually the, the point of this episode. I was just going to, uh, oh, to include this because it was on the on the news, but, uh, well, on the news slash promotion side of things. Um, no, the topic is car- carrots are so July 2018. If you look ah, back to, okay. to July, we had an episode on... Uh, episode thirty eight cameras that eat more carrots where you looked into um light sensitivity and things that is changing um I just ran across a thing that uh yeah i, I made me kind of revisit that because uh, of course what can you do if your camera is not good in the dark you can try to get a camera with a bigger sensor with bigger pixels um and uh, then there are noise reduction things. You end up with lots of noise in the photo and there are uh, things, AIs that try to reduce noise by uh, generating new content where it's too blurry and we've have, we have talked about this in the past. Um, and usually that happens by training an AI with before and after images. So you show them a noisy image and then you show them the cleaned up image. The not noisy image of the same thing and that gives the ai over time enough uh material to to then take a picture that it hasn't seen before and spit out an image that it thinks this is what it would look like like without the noise okay yep and that's how these things work and now there is a different approach by nvidia uh, if no, cl- I
1: like Nvidia. They're doing a lot of good work, aren't if, they? If
0: you click, well, Nvidia used to be this uh, graphics chip company, graphics cards, and they have because the graphics, the GPUs, are very close to what they need computationally. uh From the NPUs, the neural processing units, that that's how Nvidia kind of moved and switched over to this area, and um, they do a lot of research in this area, uh, and. This is a noise removal technique. If you click on that link, the petapixel link, um, which says NVIDIA unveils an AI that removes noise, grain, and even watermarks. Okay. And they have shown a system that is, well, at least on this article, is um, almost like it's almost impossible what they do. Um, Because they do noise removal, not just from extremely noisy images to a- astonishingly clean images uh but they do it without training the ai on before and after they have found an ai method that doesn't need this kind of training that can infer from photos without having been without having been trained on before and after images so they That's cut out an entire step of that and if you look at the results the one with the koala is just how can you get that picture out of that Too good noise? to be true. Yeah, <laughs> It's too good to be true. Um, but, of course, what does that mean? I mean, we're looking at a really amazing noise removal here. Um, of course, what they will show you is only the best they can do. Um, but it removes noise, it removes artifacts, in this case watermarks. Hmm. So if you're a photographer yeah, trying to protect your work, you put a watermark on it. Uh, this algorithm, in theory, could just take this out and without a trace um
1: if only we had some kind of blockchain solution for copyright protection
0: <laughs> i'm not going there again <laughs> but of, of course of course what i mean on the good side it would certainly mean for the future photography that we can shoot in low light with even smaller sensors in our smartphones this is an ai based solution so it could probably be uh, poured into a little network that then runs on an NPU in your phone. Um, the skills and technique kind of become a bit more secondary because you don't have to watch out too much about your exposure times and ISOs in, in low light because uh, it will be easier to remove uh, noise artifacts in in post-production. Um, on the negative side, ne- watermark removal is... I mean, not that I think putting a watermark on a photo is an effective way to uh, to avoid theft of your photos, but um, that will certainly make it much easier. Just download an entire catalog from some stock site, and they often have like stock photos have a little a big watermark right across them. Uh, just download that catalog with the watermarks and run it through the system, and you have uh, hundreds of thousands of photos. Clean That's photos yeah. The so, you
1: know? so, if you're determined to, um, to to undermine some of those commercial models, that uh, this this is powerful stuff, isn't it?
0: It gives you uh, tools that you didn't have before. Yes, um, interesting. I find I find this interesting in a forensic context um, because photo forensics is uh, is a field where uh, where specialists try to find out if if a photo has been tampered with or not. So the question, of course, is will this be good enough to, f- to to fool those people who know what a photo looks like and who know how to find out if something has been tampered with or not? Um,
1: oh, classical... so you're, in, you're into tin hats territory there, not aren't really, you? Didn't not really,
0: because, to... because, because you know, what, what we're looking at uh, with photo forensics is um, let's assume you clone out a watermark. Somewhere there's at the right bottom there's a copyright x y z, and you clone this out by replacing it with another part of the photo so if you are a forensic, you will be uh looking for stuff that is in the picture that is repeated somewhere else right you will look if if this part of the photo has been copied from somewhere else in the photo and uh if if those algorithms are being trained to to make this more difficult by i don't know for example generating. Artificial noise in these corners that will cover up whatever has been cloned or changed. Um, there's certainly an int- it's an interesting field to at least uh, think mm, about. Yeah. So these technologies can be used for good and bad. Um, I tend to focus more on the good. So uh, it probably means that we'll be shooting, but we'll be shooting in dark in the dark in dark environments without having to carry a tripod in the future
1: It it is it is really interesting isn't it going back to you know uh, what we were talking about well, what i was uh, on my wish list from last week but generally speaking the conversations we tend to have around you know uh, smartphones and sensors yeah the these kind of technologies are um uh, uh are undermining the the added value you get from a larger sensor aren't they yeah you know, so so why would you need to buy a a large and very expensive camera if uh you know uh, if the image quality was not that much better yeah um, they're they beginning
0: to erode the the value of having a lot of skill yeah uh,
1: they they are they are a, 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 a little bit you know i mean I'm not, I'm not suggesting for one moment that that you know people who are Making art or or making other kind of professional products uh, using cameras are are going to suddenly switch to using smartphones. I mean, okay, we're we're not all going to be Steven Soderberghs shooting yeah um yeah feature films on on iPhones.
0: Not yet, no.
1: But not 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 yet. But one of the things that I am starting to see creeping in is is um, niche products, but that are very small so that you can get um you know uh, uh, and this is a very poor example because it's not a niche product but a GoPro is very small and you can put you can get decent quality video out of a GoPro in a small space and that gives you more creative options um but uh, i'm seeing a lot of this coming in now in 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 a more professional areas as well things like you know in filmmaking uh, and uh the you yeah, know there's a, there's a lot of small high quality 4k cameras with small form factors that can be Mm -hmm. put into places which would give you new creative options um yeah if you could get these even smaller you know what happens when you get a a tiny tiny sensor um that uses all of this computational and algorithmic intelligence to clean up images what could you do with that what Mm -hmm. could you do you could uh, i don't know uh, I, I i don't know and that's i need to think about that
0: yeah, bit, it, it it's interesting because we are
1: i mean we are
0: in on this show uh, the two of us of course we all have to judge these things based on what we know and uh it means that we're looking at evolution we're looking at at step by step cameras getting better sensors getting smaller systems being developed to take the noise out systems being developed to to generate artificial bokeh it's all kind of these Single steps, it's not kind of a revolution, it's more of an evolution. Um, going fairly fast in some areas, but it is an evolution. And I'm, I'm, I think we are almost at a point, just my gut feel, based on I don't know what, <laughs> but uh, my gut feel is that we are somewhere close to some sort of revolution coming in and kind of disrupting this whole thing. Um, we, we see this, we see this interestingly in the mobility space, it's nothing to do with photography, but. Um, In the mobility space, you look at uh, transportation and then Uber and and Lyft and these others come in and kind of uh, take over the whole taxi business pretty much because um, the business model is different. And and then before they even like win completely, then all of a sudden all the bigger cities, uh, at least in some countries now, have these huge amounts of electric scooters at every corner. And you just grab one and pay, I don't know, a dollar per mile. And um, and all of a sudden, companies like Uber, the disruptors are getting disrupted by these things because they have enormous growth in the cities. And that's why these bigger, the, these companies like Uber are now investing massively in the electric scooter field because the, otherwise they, they they wouldn't be around anymore in a, in a short time. So it is interesting. And, and this kind of an, Disrupting the disruptors, kind of thing. Um, I, I, I just have the feeling that we are close to something happening, something coming up that will turn this entire show here on its head.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, I look forward to that. Oh yeah, yeah
0: this is a this is a we are, we are on a roller coaster right here. So um, let's let's keep it going and <laughs> see where it takes us. Um, and that was it, episode forty-one next next week oh right versus no okay let's find out what that means (laughs) when we get there um until then uh let me turn up that fan again can you can you hear that
1: now no 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 No, your fan is still quiet
0: interesting okay everything finely tuned okie dokie until next week
1: then take care take care bye-bye